1: It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. Steve, I'm still caught up in Tay-Tay's world. In fact, we're all in Tay-Tay's world. Taylor Swift, that is. That's where I spent three of the longest, greatest, exhilarating, and then frustrating another hour trying to get out of the parking lot that I've ever spent in my life with 60,000 other people.
0: Including Billy Joel and his family, month. they were at the concert. Yeah, yes, how on about
1: that? Yeah, how about that? That was pretty cool. And Billy Joel, by the way, puts on a hell of a concert. But I guess mm-hmm. now I know, I didn't read like was his was he in town specifically for anything other than just to be with his family? Not that I'm aware. To I mean, concert? he posted some pictures on Instagram, which is how we know he was there. Okay, so yeah, I heard that he puts on a hell of a show too. I wonder what he thought of this one. Listen, man, we'll get to sports. I promise. Of course, the first. <laughs> first way i know people listen to this podcast is wherever i go somebody will say something to me so there i am with my 13 year old daughter who is you know in complete tete regalia a a, a midnight blue sequin dress <laughs> um and boy you talk about everybody dressed up okay not me but every everybody about 90 I'd say, teenage girls, or 19 to below girls, and then, then in general, just a a lot of women. Um, But I'm walking by, um, trying to get into the stadium, and (laughs) we're just walking with masses of people. And I walk by, I happen to look at my right, guy goes, hey, Rick! (laughs) I was like, oh, boy. (laughs) And he gave me this look like, I knew you were coming, you know? Uh, And he goes... You the man. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm one of them. <laughs> I think, the, I think it's us too. <laughs> I think we're it. You know, you're the anti-heroes. But yeah, we were completely anti-heroes, man. Yeah, I stared directly in the sun, but never in the mirror. Um, but yeah, it. I'll tell you a couple thoughts about this. We we will get to the Rays, who believe it or not, lost a couple games. I know the streak is over. I thought they were going to just win you know 14 and that would be it um but this concert okay it, it i mean it's called the era's concert like it's she's she's got 10 albums through throughout her career started at what 18 19 years old all the way to present and when i tell you that i don't know where this young woman gets her stamina like i know athletes that couldn't go out there for three hours and listen Not for the faint of heart, right? It's, if you've noticed, it's a little toasty out here in Tampa already. And the humidity, very high. And just sitting in the audience with 60,000 or so of my closest friends, and I do mean close, um, we got close. It's, you get, you get exhausted. You get dehydrated. You, all those things. And when you, when you look at the just the, the massive production of this, of this concert and, the amount of stage climbing and scaffolding climbing and, you know, all the things that she did and dancing and, you know, walking down a, I don't know, 45, 50 yard stage. I don't know how you could, first of all, vocally sing this many songs three nights in a row, three nights in a row. And the energy level just never dropped, if anything, and increased. Um, I'm blown away by performers anyway. Like, I don't know. I it, I'm I'm always been just amazed by the entertainment industry in general and kind of what we do right in sports is that, right? It's entertainment. Um, but here you are in a football stadium, a stadium concert. There wasn't, if there was a seat, I don't, I don't know where it was because even at 300 level, massive people, of course, on the floor, um, this thing was so well produced and, and just the, um you know, from the pyrotechnics to the tricks, to the illusions, to the to the wardrobe changes. I've never seen anything like it, and I've been around for a minute, but it was a little long. <laughs> it was a little long for my old bones, which didn't get to sit down much. But when I did, I found the seats in Raymond James not to be that comfortable. Yes, they have chair backs. They're a little snug to me. Um, you're a little tight in there, and not that we sat down very long, but like, I wasn't comfortable. I, they're not, they're not padded chairs, right? We knew that, but but when you're in them, you realize, yeah. So that combined with just trying to get out of the stadium at once, right? You you forget because I've been in a in a suite or a press box or something like that for the last three decades at these games, and even though I I might fight traffic and and a little bit of a crowd going into a stadium but I'm usually there pretty like now two hours before the game. So it's usually not that full. Um, And we have a private media interest and elevator and all that, but trying to get out of there when everyone is leaving, which I never do. Oh my gosh, folks, I apologize. Like I, I realize now for those of you and you know who you are that get a little angry on bucks, Twitter, you know, that dark dreary place where there's lots of broken glass and, Barbed wire and you know, dogs barking and stuff like that. Um, the reason is because you go through so much, including the expense. Now, this is a concert, and oh boy, it was expensive. But I mean, same thing with bucks tickets and things. But to go through all that and sit in that heat, and we were at night to sit in that heat, and then you get to your car and and say, and we, you know, we had an amazing time, like, there was nobody who was unhappy. This concert was unbelievable. But say your team lost or say whatever. Say say you're you're exhilarated by by the performance. It took me nearly 90 minutes to get out of the parking lot. Not home, not not where I live, right? Just anywhere. Like for 30 minutes my car could have been and was for a time just shut off like I was I was trying to get out. I was in a row but nothing was moving. And so Having to go through that made me realize that while this was a concert, this happens every Sunday, right, and has happened in a sold-out Raymond James Stadium, and I have just, I have been, I was blown away by it. That sounds bougie, you know, a little bougie for yeah. me, but I'm just telling you. Well, I was saying it's really only um, really been a problem the last three years, but true because they've been sold out the last three, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean that's the old joke, right? They used to say that uh, they were, you know. That somebody would leave tickets on on a windshield, mm-hmm. you know, for somebody to go to the game because they had extra tickets, and when they come back, there'd be four <laughs> or something like that on the windshield. Um, not anymore. But listen, a, a tremendous. I I know. I mean, for three nights, if you if you average, what you get over over? I think over two hundred thousand people, maybe for the three nights. Uh, I'm sure. And, yeah, and each one each one was more enthusiastic uh, than the next, according to her. But. um Man, Tampa came and showed up and showed out for that. There's a lot of people who went to that concert in this area, and I'm, I'm sure they're all still talking about it. But it was a big event. It was a big event for, for Tampa Bay and um, for that stadium, which, I mean, held up fine, I suppose. But, man, it was – it was. Uh, I got an education. Let's put it that way. I did. And not just in Taylor Swift, which I, I learned a lot. 10 albums. I, she played every song, I think, from all 10 albums, man. <laughs> there were almost 40 songs. Like, it was, it was... And we had the playlist. We were there two hours, and I looked down, and I started counting the songs, and I got to about 18 or 20, and I went, oh, no, we still have 20 more songs to go? And they weren't just songs. They were productions. Like, they were, you know, the dance and the whole... It was something else. But I... But I digress. This is a sports podcast. Sports Day, Tampa Bay. We're gonna make it Sports Tay. Sports Tay Tay, Tampa Bay. How's that?
0: Yeah. Well, well, you were at Tay Tay. I was at the Tampa Bay Strikers,
1: a Martin Gramatica's club. Yes, right?
0: yeah, the indoor soccer team. My uh, sons and several of their friends who play soccer with them. We all went up and uh, actually cool. had a blast. It was it was fantastic. Yep. The, the men played first in the women's team. So there's two teams. Mm-hmm. Played the team of the Fayetteville Fayetteville Fury they played.
1: Oh yeah, the so, Fury.
0: The strikers won both I've games. The women won in overtime, so
1: nice. Yeah, they uh, And he coaches both. Is that yes. what you, Martin Gramatica, When I say he Martin Grammatica coaches both. Yes, he does. So it was a well, it was a good time strong. at the
0: Yingling Center. We had I mean the kids had a blast. Um it's funny, so we walked in, walked in with a couple uh couple families, and we were just kind of standing at the rail, just kind of surveying everything. And, you know, just standing there, and this cop starts walking over. And I'm thinking, oh, he's going to tell us you can't stand in this area, you know. You know, typical, you know, security, security, whatever. He comes over and he goes, you can sit anywhere you'd like. (laughs) Because Martin said, just sit anywhere.
1: (laughs) Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah,
0: we'll do that. How about this so, bench right here by the players? So yeah, so we were sitting behind the goal for part of it. The kids went down the front row for part of the women's game, and I mean they just loved it. So it That's was fun. great.
1: It was fun. So now, how large? This is obviously the Yingling Center, so it's indoors. But how large is is this particular field? Versus it's a it's right? little bit bigger than a basketball court. I mean, okay, you know,
0: and it's – fast it's, game. It's, because oh yeah, of it's that, very right? fast. It, there's only what six players on the the field for each side. So it's you know goalie and yeah. five. Okay players um Mm -hmm. so no it's very fast the men's game was very physical i'll bet um the women's game was more tactical and 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 strategic there wasn't as much you know bumping and hitting and and all that so yeah but you know my kids are into soccer and and they're you know they play soccer so it was fun for all their friends to go out so it was a good time and if you get a chance to go it was uh you know i i i can't tell you how good the soccer is compared to indoor leagues or whatever else but um it was competitive in the men won like eight to four the women went to overtime but it was it was competitive yeah. it was exciting ball you be careful balls come flying in the stands oh do they yeah <laughs> okay like it'll, it, they i mean they're coming
1: fast pay attention yeah. Yeah. yeah you better watch it yeah especially if you're like behind the net maybe yep oh yeah yeah, they'll come flying Do they flying got nets then. up behind the goals? Or are they, they, not really. They, they go no, right not really. And, no. Yeah.
0: Okay. It comes flying up there. Wow. So, But it was a good time.
1: Yeah. Well, good for Martín. I mean, you know, he's done well. I mean, he's been involved in a lot of different things, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think his one or both of his sons are, are, are going on to play either soccer or kick, be place kickers or both. I don't mm-hmm. know. Which um, I know he's coached uh, uh, his, his girls before um, stuff like that. So um, and then you know I went to my last year. I, we talked about this on the podcast. I went to my first Rowdies game, which was just a hoot. Mm-hmm. I mean that that is fantastic entertainment too. So it's great it's great that uh, you know that we have these teams and, and it, it, it'd be good to support them. But that's good for kids. Fast paced, a lot of action, a lot of scoring. That sort yeah, of stuff. yeah. They played
0: music the whole time during the the game. Oh wow! Um, I, I didn't understand all the rules. There's blue cards, which you can actually get a power play in, in indoor soccer. I didn't realize that. It was kind of like hockey in that regard.
1: Really, they yeah. take a guy off yeah, for two down, minutes. Huh?
0: Two minutes, you're you know, nice. Yeah, it moves. Yeah, really, have- it moves really quick. Um, like I said, such a short field with those. You know, they can get up and down the field real quick. So,
1: mm-hmm. well. Um, what didn't move so quick were the Tampa Bay Rays we're going to get into this um they lose 2 out of 3 to Toronto although they did win Sunday and look much better so you know they're not going to go 162 and 0 that's unfortunate but they are 14 and 2 and the 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 weird thing was about when they got up there and of course Toronto you know is a good ball club to begin with i mean they many of the people have picked them to be at or near the top of the American League East anyway but it, it it was a strange series early on for the Rays because they just didn't they didn't pitch well like at all. They had a bullpen day. Um, Trevor Kelly and Josh Fleming were kind of all over the place, walking in batters. I think they had seven eight walks that game. Um, some defensive lapses, uh, you know, just just and and didn't deliver big hits and didn't have a lot of guys on base. But fell behind early and and kind of weren't really in those games and. I mean that's that's going to happen. Uh, there were good crowds in Toronto. They were certainly up up for it, and you know they they knocked the ball around a little bit, but they got a lot of help. It wasn't really Rays baseball. Uh, and then on Sunday um, they were back to their old selves, you know, and it, it started with Shane McClanahan. Mm-hmm. I mean that dude four zero, right? I think his ERA is at or below two somewhere in there. Um tons of strikeouts just wicked stuff attacked attacked the hitters like took the opposite approach to what they had done the two previous days they were kind of nibbling he's he finally went after some guys and they got big hits you know they got big hits all over the all over the place and so they took a, a fairly sizable lead i think seven one or whatever um so yeah I mean now they go to Cincinnati and I don't know how good the Reds are. I don't think they're a very good b- baseball team overall, but So they gave up um,
0: nine runs in the first inning Sunday. Ooh. So they oof. had to go deep in their bullpen. That could be good for the Rays, yeah. Yep. And how about how about Kevin Kiermeyer's reaction to the final <laughs> out of the game Sunday? <laughs> oh my god. Which normally that's well, the reaction hitters have when Kevin
1: Kiermeyer makes yeah. a play. Right, right, and he's been robbing. In fact, he did in Toronto the first home game. He went up and took one away from somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you didn't see the game, so the last two outs, I guess it would be um, was 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 Kiermeier, um just wrapping one uh, like like a bullet back to back to Jason Adams, who was the closer for the Rays, and. All Adams could do, he kind of threw his glove behind his back because he, when he came through with the follow through, it was coming right back through the middle. So he, he's he's at on the one hand trying to avoid taking a baseball in the solar plexus. And on the other hand, he avoids it well enough to throw his his glove behind his back. And I'll be damned if the ball didn't catch him because that's really what happened. Um, but there it was, and it was a it was a bullet. And so he he caught it and and um, easily. Turned and double off a guy at second for the last out. And when I say double-off, he, like, threw, like, a, a two-hopper to second base because um, I think he was still stunned by the catch. But, uh, yeah, Kiermaier's reaction was priceless. <laughs> it was just, like, so crestfallen. Um,
0: he just stood at the plate what, and it
1: just went, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you just go, you know, wow. really? Did that just happened? Wow. Like, I couldn't hit a ball any harder than that. Kiermaier had a good series, though, mm-hmm. um, especially in the first couple games, you, you know, laid down a bunt like he was he was on base a lot scored a lot of runs played good center field the race had a lot of balls to the warning track i don't know for whatever reason they're were, they're were kind of getting caught with the the right fielder's back up against the wall several times um, but they finally got some key hits on sunday and got things going in the right direction again so i mean you know it's they didn't set the major league record they tied one to start the season but by the same token you know this was a big win. You didn't want to go up there and get swept by Toronto. Hey, they're on pace um, for
0: 142 wins. I think that'll do.
1: <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. I don't – it's another streak, man. You got you to start streaking again. And they got a chance to do that in Cincinnati. But what a start for them. I think and if you win thing, 14 like, out of every 16 games, you'll be just fine. You're okay, yeah. Th- that was the thing about it. Like, no matter how bad they played, right, so they, they're they trying to set a major league record and they go out there and they just, just didn't pitch – What nothing went right. And, like – what's Kevin Cash? Like, am I going to complain here? I'm 13 and one. Like what, what's the big deal? And then it was third. Oh, right, I'm 13 to, And then they won on, um, they won on Sunday. And so, yeah, you'll, you'll take that 14 and two start anytime that you'd like. Um, so I, I, I think they're just fine. Now they are starting to get injured and they're, they're starting to get nicked up quite a bit. Um, we talked about Jeffrey Springs. It looks like, at minimum, Steve, he's going to miss several months, and and you know, you're always a little dubious about mm-hmm. an injury to a, to a pitcher's elbow or whatnot, especially in that ulnar area. But on top of that, Ryan Thompson has been placed on the injured risk list with a lat strain, and he's one of those guys that's that that you know, with the sidearm delivery against right-handers, even can sweep the ball into left-handers. That you feel so much better when he's part of that back end of the bullpen. Um, that you know, because he's so unorthodox and he can, he can pitch to righties or lefties, so that's that's a tough injury. I mean that that's going to happen. I mean they got guys nicked up. You know, Jose series hasn't played for a little while. Um You know, you just that you just hope if you're a Rays fan and they've endured these pitching things before, but you hope that you you don't have many more starters that um you know in the rotation that get nicked up. But the one guy, but you talk about an ace now right how good is Shane McClanahan right now I don't even think he's pitched his best game yet though I think he's got more left in him but this dude four and oh one five
0: seven ERA through those four starts
1: yeah with just a ton of strikeouts and very few hits and um getting him. if he gets into trouble he gets out of it with the strikeout yeah 27 strikeouts
0: in those 23 innings that's so He's impressive. given up too many walks though. He's given up 11 walks.
1: He has. He has. He ha- and that's what I mean. Like his control has not been and really as a race staff and it's got to be frustrating to to uh Snyder the pitching coach, but as as a staff they they've walked a lot of a lot of batters especially in this series. And McClanahan, in, in in particular almost from his first start didn't seem to have the kind of control that, that we became used to a year ago. But he's he's so good, and he has, you know, such a good fastball that when he does get behind, he can still get the strikeout or the weak contact. And um, he kind of started the game nibbling a little bit, and, boy, he started attacking dudes, and he was impressive. So, I mean, to, to, to have done what – you know, that's what an ace does, right? An ace shuts down your losing streak, right? Um, I heard Neil Solons bring up the point, too, about
0: uh, the first inning when he was kind of nibbling a little bit. mm the Blue Jays, or the the Rays, scored three runs in the top of the first. And it was a 35-minute yes. inning. Yes. You know, and, and you're, you're not Good out point. there warming up the whole time. And you wonder if that anymore, didn't kind of, yeah. you know, throw him off a little bit. Sure. You know, he wasn't in his routine because normally you're not waiting 35 minutes to take the mound. No, that's right. That's fair. You know, and that may have been a little bit why the first inning seemed a little off for
1: him. But then he kind of got dialed in after that. Yeah. I just liked his approach. Like he was Mm -hmm. like, here you go. You know, uh, I'm going to throw it. I'm just going to fill up the zone with strikes. And we've talked about the pitch clock and all of that and the pressure you put on hitters. And I think, you know, when you're facing a guy can throw a hundred, but also has command of three other pitches um, that are all plus plus pitches. You're out, you're out in 25 seconds in real time. I mean, it's just like get ball, throw ball, strike one, strike two. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for a guy who throws as hard as he does, who is as aggressive as he is in the strike zone, um, keeps the defense on its toes, all of that plays well for him in in today's game. And if he's, I mean, if, if he's won four already, and he's only started four times, I mean, geez, uh, I saw a stat where he is twenty and O when the Rays score four runs or more. Four runs or more, twenty and 0. That's, a what, an a, that's what an ace. That's what an ace should do. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's going to have an ERA under three or around three, and if you score four, he's going to win every time. And um, although you think it's, you know, there'd be a couple blown saves here or there, but now he's twenty and zero. I mean, that's, and he's putting together quite a resume at this point. But he is undeniably their ace, you know, on that staff, and he did ace like things mm-hmm. again on Sunday. All right, I'm going to get into the great debate that that you people have been coming at me in, in uh, my timeline, et cetera, in just a minute. You want to stay tuned for this. But first, I'm going to tell you how to save money on an electric bill. I'm going to do you a favor. It's called May Electric Solar. We've been talking about these folks. They're a family-owned business. They've been operating and installing solar electric systems for 13 years now in a field with all these companies that you know nothing about, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term, how long? They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all its products. They conduct on-site testing. You see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. So, all those guys up there on the roof uh, with those solar panels, those are Billy May's guys. You know who's exactly doing the job for you. Start saving today call the solar energy experts at may electric solar at 727-819-2862 you can schedule a free estimate lower your electric bill all year long preserve the quality of all your appliances as well that's may electric solar at 727-819-2862 so on friday there was on social media kind of a i don't know an announcement that maybe people were caught off guard by, but Gerald McCoy announced that he is officially retired from the NFL. Now McCoy um, tried to play as recently as 2021 and he tore his knee up uh, when he was in training camp with, well, no, it was actually after the first game in the first regular season game, they won and he tore his knee up uh, ACL and stuff. Um, I think, uh, with the Raiders. That was his one and only year with the Raiders. Prior to that, he spent a year with the Dallas Cowboys, but in training camp had a quad tear that knocked him out for the season. So his last two teams he never got to really play much football for because of injuries, and I know he was kind of trying to sort of stay in shape and see if anybody needed anybody last year. It didn't didn't materialize. Um, So anyway, he officially announced his retirement um, sometime Friday Uh, and there, you know, it's, it's disappointing to me still. And I guess, I guess there just are some people that in the world that are, I don't know, prone to negativity, I suppose. But I said something to the effect of, and when I wrote a story about him retiring, I was like, well, you know, to me, and again, it's my opinion. But I said, definite ring of honor player, right, for the Bucks. Now, here's a guy who was the third overall pick in the draft in 2010. Okay, he came to, to one of the no, – they were picking third for a reason, right? Picking third overall because the team stunk. Mm-hmm. Stunk, okay? And Raheem Morris had just come off a 3-13 and campaign right? That's how they got the third overall pick. Sue went number two. McCoy went number three. And when he came here, there were there were very few veteran players. It was a young team. Remember, they gutted every, all the veterans when Raheem got the job, and they got rid of even more as they went along. So by 2010, when he was on the defensive line, there really wasn't any veterans to learn from. They, hell, they were all young. and And people looked to him because After all, he's the third overall pick, much expected out of Oklahoma, all of that. Um, And then I was was looking at it, he had five head coaches, uh, many more defensive coordinators that I recall. But the dude made six Pro Bowls in a row, okay? Um, And after playing about nine years or so, and a couple of those, he really didn't get to play. But... But six straight years he made All Pro or Pro Bowl. He made All Pro once, a second team All Pro once. And he's like fourth on the list of all time sack leaders for the Buccaneers. You know, I think it's Leroy Selman, Warren Sapp, Simeon Rice, and then, you know, and then him, Gerald McCoy, which is not a position I know, you know, Sapp is a first ballot Hall of Famer. But you don't see many defensive tackles, lead teams, in sacks. And, and that's what Gerald did um, many times. But you just consider, like, from Raheem Morris, this, this guy, McCoy, enjoyed two winning seasons. That was it, two. 2010, they nearly missed the playoffs. Then Dirk Cutter's first season, they went 9-7. and seven. Didn't sniff the playoffs. Weren't even close to it. That was it during his career here. Um, he was let go, got his release when Bruce Arians arrived back in 2000 and what, 19. And at that time, you remember the whole thing about they, they signed a Sue who's going to wear 93 and all this stuff. Um, and Gerald went to Carolina, but the people coming after him and they always have, like, I, you know, Gerald's one of those, one of those rare guys that he loves football. He works hard at football. He wanted to be great at football. It took him a long way, but he's got other layers to him, right? The whole Marvel Comics Batman thing, like, and he's a very affable guy. And you know, after every loss, we would run up to him as a media because there weren't many stars on the team, but here was your first, you know, your your first round pick, your third overall pick that eventually, you know, became I don't know, the top defensive tackle in football for like 6 years. And so you go to him and it wore on him having to answer for so many losses, you know. But he also was was he also is this. He he's a nice he's a nice guy. And people don't understand how you can be nice and be good at football. Like that always was a problem for people, you know. But it happens. I mean, John Lynch would rip people's heads off. I've never met a nicer person in my life than John Lynch. I compare other people if they're nice, I say you're John Lynch nice. If you're really nice, and so, you know, I think I think people picked up sound bites and the fact that they didn't win when he was here, and so much was expected of him to lead this team, almost as if he was playing by himself. It's unfair, but I but I will say this: no one represented the organization better than Gerald McCoy. He's a tremendous human being. He did so much for. The Tampa Bay area, and for kids in need, and used a lot of his own money and all this stuff. um, Represented the organization well. Never, never really complained. You know, could have divided the locker room, could have ripped the front office, all of that. Um, He went out and he did his job, and he did it really, really well at the highest level for the bulk of his career. Six straight Pro Bowls, and so to think that he's not going to be in the Ring of Honor would be, I think, a travesty to the whole whole award i mean i don't know what a ring of honor player looks like but i think it looks like Gerald mccoy um but man you put that out there and people just first of all they have a lot of opinions of who should be in and then it's like no way this guy he was you know it's like gosh man i mean the numbers don't lie and it's a team sport and so people are talking about well and and look i love and i thought he was tremendous for this team when they got him But you know what? He didn't win with the Detroit Lions when he was in his prime. And he didn't win with the Miami Dolphins. And he did go to L.A. and they went to a Super Bowl but they lost before he got to Tampa. You know, a lot of people lose in this league. But you have to look at the circumstances and who's there. And Gerald McCoy didn't play with Tom Brady. If he had, he'd have a ring on his finger. And that doesn't mean that Gerald would have been any better of a player. It just means that the team would have been balanced and productive. Um, I'm surprised he had any sacks because the teams Gerald played on usually were trailing by so much that teams didn't even have to throw the ball in the fourth quarter. But he—he he is one of the greatest bucks of all time. Period. Full stop. I, I don't. And and he was—you know—the numbers are there. I mean, six straight Pro Bowls. I mean, scoreboards like well—you know it was popularity. But, but, but no, no. You don't do it six straight times. You don't make all pro. So I just don't understand sort of the venom that people seem to have for Gerald. It's just weird to me. It's like, okay, I get it. He's a nice guy. But like they didn't think that he he showed that losing bothered him enough. You know? And I think it's very dangerous to try to, like, you know, say how someone should act. Well, um, it's hard to compare, but
0: because... Levante David is still on the team and he won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Sure. That, but sure. had if if before Tom Brady got here, mm-hmm. if you know, if you say Ring of Honor, there's a lot of people that would have said Levante David absolutely no to Gerald McCoy. That's right. And and they were That's on the right. same teams, the same bad teams that didn't win. That's correct. But for whatever Highly reason, whether, productive. It's, whether it's because, one made the Pro
1: Bowl six times.
0: Yeah. Whether it was because Gerald was too nice and didn't and it helped players off the the opponents up off the turf or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the reason. Uh, you wouldn't have mm-hmm. batted an eye saying Levante David should be there.
1: No, no one would.
0: When when they were on the same teams in the same you know, right, basically the same thing. I mean, you know, Levante you David make was underrated point. for a long time. Right, I mean, he didn't but, get the Pro Bowls, even though yeah, he probably point, should
1: have. Your point is this. Levante David's no more responsible for an entire franchise losing during most of his career until Tom Brady got here than Gerald McCoy is. If you love Levante David and you think he's a hell of a player and you're not going to blame him for losing, how do you blame any single player for losing? Like He just happened to be the guy we ran to after every game, so he was the most quoted you know, because he was the third overall pick and there was a lot of expected of him. And he sat there and he answered all those questions after all those losses. But it was no more his fault they lost than Levante David's, and no one's going to have a problem with Levante David in the Ring of honor. no one, and he made one pro Bowl, maybe two. I'd have to look it up, but like not many, mm-hmm. not six in a row you know, and oh by the way, and this is just the way it is per Gerald McCoy was he was replacing number ninety mm-hmm. theoretically, you know Warren sap had moved on and and been with the yep. Raiders, but when you play the three technique in the Tampa two in the Tampa Bay's offense. The, the, the standard is a first ballot hall of Famer. And that's, that's such an enormous bar to clear mm-hmm. that it's unfair. No one's going to clear that. And Gerald certainly didn't, but you know what? He was still a hell of a player, man. He was their best player for a long time, especially on defense. And a great guy on top of it. Like, this, we're not talking about a bad dude here. Like, who has a bad thing to say about Joe McCoy? Other than, well, I just don't think he's tough. And I um, so I, Leroy Selman, was the most soft-spoken, gentlest man you've ever wanted to talk to. I assure you, for three hours on Sunday, he gave everybody hell. <laughs> I mean, hell, like you can't believe. And no one could understand how he could be one person. You know, sort of off the field. And another person on it, but you know that's that somehow that didn't apply to McCoy, but so that's my speech for it. And I'm not look, I'm not on the committee, right? That's a Glazer decision. That's an ownership decision. Mm-hmm. There's a, are there other players that that are maybe more deserving? Sure, there probably is. I know a lot of people would like to see James Wilder, for example, in there. They'd like mm-hmm. to see um, Simeon Rice. Mm-hmm. In the Ring of Honor, like there's Warwick there's Dunn. a lot of candidates. Work done, absolutely. I mean, if you're talking about honor, right? That's the thing. Like, you want to talk about honor? I'll I'll definitely co-sign for work done. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't here that long, but he's here twice, and for what he did to this community and, and communities around the South, you know, with his Home for the Holidays initiative and all of that. Yeah, man, sign me up. I think Work Done should be on the stadium too. Um, but sometimes it's one a year, sometimes two, but if they, they shouldn't wait long to put Gerald McCain McCoy's name up there. And for all of those that say no way, uh, uh, can't do it. Won't be. There's no way I'll see you at the ceremony. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say, man, I will see you that day. I hope you come and, and, and say hello to me. So the NHL playoffs are set to, Steve, and the Lightning are, in fact, as you predicted, going to play Tuesday night in Toronto. We're going to get into the Lightning and the Maple Leaf series coming up uh, on tomorrow's podcast. You know, the NHL go. playoffs start tonight, but the Lightning That's start correct. tomorrow. So That's correct. Here we go, man. They, I mean, they're not getting a whole – listen, I, I think there's a lot of respect for the Lightning because of what they've done in the last three years, and there should be. They're not the favorites, man. I still think it's got to run through Tampa Bay, but they are not the favorites. Well, and, and they shouldn't be the favorites. I mean, if you look
0: at the regular no. season and and how much, how many more wins Boston or Toronto had compared to them, mm-hmm. um, yep. and, and the way the Lightning have played down the stretch for the most part, um, yep. they shouldn't be the favorites. But they still have Vasilevsky and Stamkos mm-hmm. and Hedman mm-hmm. and Kucherov mm-hmm. and Point. You yeah. can't count them out. Nope. I mean, you know, last year they, you know, they were down two games or three games to two to Toronto. We're trailing in game six, trailing in game seven. That's right. It went all the way to game six of the Stanley Cup final. That's correct. You know, there's not a team. Look, I mean, the favorites are, you know, Boston or Toronto or, you know, Edmonton and Colorado in the West. But there's not a team out there that doesn't sit there and think the Lightning can't win this series. Nope. nobody that thinks that in in hockey. They may not be the favorite. They may not pick them to win. Right. But there's nobody that doesn't think that Tampa doesn't have a good shot. Not with that core.
1: That's correct. Yeah, I mean, and and we've talked about this. The playoffs are a different animal. They just Mm -hmm. are. You get one in Toronto, come back home, see what happens. But uh, now the health of the team and all of that, you know, they're pretty healthy I, I mean Tanner Janot's the only one out,
0: yeah maybe they get him back late in the first round if it goes long mhm-
1: you know the uh, and they get some time off here's the, I think it's important mm-hmm. like they you know they haven't had a lot of days where they could practice heal mm-hmm. up some this is a nice that extra day now it may they may take it away on the back end I don't know, but like that extra day is probably pretty big especially if you have
0: to travel to Toronto well think of this too. Vazilevsky, Hedman, and Chernak did not play Thursday night. It will be a week between games for them. Yeah, that's fresh legs, man. That's some rest. That's some mental, that's some physical rest. Yeah. You know, they didn't, uh, Hedman and and Chernak were healthy scratches on Thursday just to give them some rest. Vazilevsky was the backup goalie, but he didn't get in. Brian Elliott, by the way, what a performance by Brian Elliott. I know we talked about that. That was great. On Thursday night, but.
1: Uh, it, it was great to see him get game. a shot-up,
0: Maybe his last his last game ever. So,
1: yeah, no doubt. It was cool. The whole game was cool. They they hit every marker in that one. Let me ask you this, um, and we'll talk more about it obviously on tomorrow's podcast. Which matchups do you like? Who do you, what do you think is going to be the best series? Because they're all set now. In his first round.
0: I mean, I think Toronto Tampa is going to be a, a great series. Um, I, I I think Florida can. Challenge Boston. I think Boston wins that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Devils. What do you beat, think of the Rangers in New Jersey? I think the Devils beat the Rangers. Do you? Okay, I do. Okay. Normally, I'd go with the experience on that, but I, I just, I, I just think the Devils. I, I think the Devils are going to win that series. I think Carolina beats the mm-hmm. Islanders pretty handily. Yeah, I
1: would agree with that.
0: I think in the uh, West, there's, I think Colorado and Edmonton have the edge to get to the final. Two teams, yeah. yeah I, uh, I think Vegas is pretty good, but I, I don't see them getting all the way there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not – you know, L.A. is going to face Edmonton to start. Their penalty kill is atrocious. Yeah. And against Edmonton, who's setting records on the power play this year. You know, if if L.A. takes penalties, it, that's going to be a short series for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the keys for the the Lightning is if they could stay away from the penalty kill, I I
1: really start liking their chances. You know, um, this was uh, discussed on one one of the shows I was watching or whatever, maybe we've talked about it too, is that um, the East seems to be the more loaded of the two conferences. Mm -hmm. And even having said that, what what tends to happen and i think it happened to the lightning a year ago is that when you have that many you know teams that are that are good to very good and they, and they all have to play each other for you know 3 4 weeks whatever it is mm-hmm. or 3 weeks i guess until they get to the stanley cup they beat the hell out of each other and so you start sustaining injuries it's so hard i think to come out of the east and make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. I wonder if whoever makes it out of the West doesn't have an advantage simply because they don't have so many difficult teams or they're not well, as deep. Or If you remember last year, be-
0: Colorado. So right. they played basically a third-string goalie in Nashville in the first round. Right, right. UC Saras right. got hurt. They even played St. Louis. Jordan Bennington got hurt in that series. They are playing a backup goalie. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, and they only lost two games on the way to the Stanley Cup Final which means they played 14 games, where the Lightning went, what, seven against Toronto. Oh, God. You know, I mean, you start counting the number of games, which also leads to injuries. Braden Point was out. Sure. You know, yeah. others. Easy. Is that, you know, in the East, which was a tougher bracket, and Colorado got a lot of luck with goalies being hurt on the other side. Yeah. You know, if Jordan, if, if Bennington was in that series for St. Louis, you kind of wonder what would happen. Because St. Sure. Louis plays Colorado tough and did last year throughout the regular season that. And they were mm-hmm. they were playing them really tough until Bennington got hurt, yeah. And then the series was over. You know, right. sometimes you have to get a little bit of that luck too. But you know, you they do. only played only like I said, they lost two games on the route to the Stanley Cup final. They lost two more in the final. Yeah. So they only played twenty games in the postseason. Which, right. for instance, the Lightning in the what the I remember in twenty fifteen. When the Lightning made it to the Stanley Cup final and lost to the Blackhawks, they played twenty six games that postseason. Jeez. The most you can play is twenty eight. If every that's series right. goes seven. They went wow. seven six seven six, I believe. Yeah. In those series. You know, I mean, that's a lot of hockey when you if you can cut those series short and get a short series. Yeah, the rest is huge. But I, huge. I think in the East that's tougher because I, I think there's Rated more
1: good teams. I do too. So whoever comes out of there and makes it to the Stanley Cup could be a wounded duck by the time they get there. I mean, I think that's reasonable to think that. I don't think anyone's just going to sweep their way mm-hmm. um, all the way to the Cup. But it's something that that the Lightning experienced a year ago. And, like you said, other than Tanner Janot, they're, they're in pretty good shape and better shape than they have been now. You know, that can change with one game. Uh, we'll have to see. But it's gonna. I think it's going to be a great series. We'll talk more about the whole series um, tomorrow, and get you ready for that in Toronto on Tuesday. Like I said, the Rays uh, are going to uh, begin a series in Cincinnati. They got your your uh, your red your red team. That's not a good Cincinnati Reds team this year, right? Are they no sort of scuffling a little bit? They're still in a rebuild. Um, yeah. that uh, there's some pieces
0: there you can see, mm-hmm. but there's it's still there's still not nearly enough talent on that team. Uh, Joey Votto uh, shut down, trying to get started this season now again. Mm-hmm. Said the swing's just not there. Yeah, um, yeah. They're, that that team, you know, the Rays should go in and you know, if you lose less, You win that series. Yeah, you should win that series. If you don't win two mm-hmm. out of three, you're going to be disappointed in that series. Right,
1: right. But I mean, again, Kevin Cash will take the 14 and two. Mm-hmm. Pitching's got to be a little bit better. They, they've had a, a, a couple of misplays in the field here or there. The bats got a little bit quiet, um, but they picked up again on Sunday uh, at Toronto. So they got that feel back, and uh, you'll take the 14-2 and two start any time you want to give it to Kevin Cash. You'd be happy with that. So, again, more on the Lightning tomorrow. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. If uh, you were at the Taylor Swift concert, I hope you get some rest and recover, as I will have to. Um, she must, like, it's incredible to me what kind of conditioning she must be in to put on three shows in three nights I'm telling you I was impressed by that but that's just me and whoever you were that said hello to me at at the concert I appreciate it and thanks for listening as well thanks to all of you for Steve Burstick I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times have a great day everybody